I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey, and welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You can find content on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. As we celebrate Black History Awareness all year long, we are doing so in a 365 type of way. We're recognizing the contributions that's been made, particularly in the film and theater community for Black directors and more. In fact, it took decades for Black directors to break into the industry. And after how Hollywood created and operated behind the scenes and on camera, we have a lot of history to talk about. Directors such as Spike Lee, Ava DuVernay, Jordan Peele, and Ryan Coogler are household names that are creating arts and commercially successful projects. Each of these directors helped push and helped to break barriers for new generations of Black filmmakers. And as such, we have a special guest with us today on Arts, Artists, and Advocates. We're proud to feature a rising star into this industry, Mr. Jeremiah Davison. He's a director, sound designer, producer, and the president of Multiband Studios of Atlanta, Georgia. He's our special guest today, and he embodies the spirit of legendary filmmakers, playwrights, and producers, and more. Today's show is uniquely called And Action. Please help me welcome Jeremiah to the show. Welcome, Jeremiah. Thank you for having me. Hey, Dr. Tanya, it's good to see you, or good, good to, to talk you. with you. Yeah, both, all of that in between. Um, I am so excited that you're here today. We, You're the first you're the first film director <laughs> on the show. Oh. We're breaking records today. I'm so excited oh. about that. <laughs> Listen, I want our audience to learn more about you, Jeremiah. So tell us who is Jeremiah, uh, where are you from, and how is it where you're from affects the work that you do? Uh, well, I am Jeremiah Davison. Um, I'm from uh, Flint, Michigan, uh, born and raised here and then I did move uh, during my uh, early teen years to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And from there, uh, I've pursued a career in, act, uh, as you said, directing, uh, producing sound design, and I do some acting on the side every now and then. Um, and then, uh, and, and it's more theatrical for me um, when it comes to these things. Uh, I do, however, have some experience in film, um, and that's the ultimate goal, right? Uh, but right now it is heavily in the theatrics. Um, and I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just a kid who always had like the ambition, the drive, the determination, and, uh, but, necessi- but not necessarily the most talented right away, right? I wasn't the one that was like the superstar, but it was my drive, my ambition and determination that uh, brought me to be uh, in the room where I have been, different rooms, and to uh, push to be where I am today and to be able to lead and uh, also make and help opportunities for others. That is so awesome. I love it. You know, sometimes when we look at major actors uh, and, and all of our, you know, our, our fave, our favorite celebrities, we, we think, oh, they had it so good. But mm-hmm. it's often, you know, those that, like what you're saying, like I, maybe I've not been the, the most talented, but I've had 
drive. I had determination, you know, and I think that's missing. Yes. <laughs> determination. I, and it, I just want our audience to know, everybody knows that I'm a Flint baby, right? So <laughs> let's make no mistake about it. And so anybody that comes from Flint, they're going to get the Flint Flint town business. So glad to hear that your hometown was Flint. And now um, you're living in Atlanta. And, and this is really, really great. I want you to tell us about um, your business and how the arts uh, really impact activism in the work that you do. Um, yeah, so uh, our, uh, the business is uh, Multiman Studios. Uh, we have a founding team of four members um, and really great people, young. We're all under 30 right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, and our motto is to dream bigger. And wow, hold so, on, hold on. All under 30. Come on. All under 30 business owners, entrepreneurs, you're doing it. Okay, I just had to interrupt you. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. And our mission is to provide high quality multidisciplinary production services to enterprises and projects, both small and large. Um, we're a generator of limitless opportunities for creatives to explore and master their artistic passions. And ultimately, we're just looking to enlighten and help to develop and expand the next generation of designers and uh, behind the scene artists of color. Um, because we that's how it kind of came about. We were just in these spaces, um, more theater spaces. And we were like, Is, why are we the only people of color on the team. Why are, it's so easy for us to get a job because of that aspect. And they're like, oh, you guys are good and you're black. Oh, we need you to come in because we need more of you behind the table. But we were like, okay, how can we help bring more people? How can we show that uh, all the producers, different uh, people who do sound and at that time sound, because we started more audio. Now we have lights um, and moving into film and things of that nature. But we were like, how do we get people more more people behind the table so we just to collectively started kept taking gigs not turning things down and sort of uh just started meeting people in the way got you know and i always say god just manifests um and and puts you in the place you need to be and puts the people who needs to be with you with you so that was just a beauty for me and i think at, through all of that we now just uh, started our first apprenticeship so of young artists and uh, our goal is Hi. to really, yeah, yeah. Our goal is to really just continue to flow and, and grow and add more and more members. Um, yeah. I love it. I, you know, this is such um it's such a great, great company now. I'm, I'm still stuck at everybody is under 30, um, although I look under 30. But, you know, I, I want to join the team. I, I think that having that, um, that, space where you're also reaching back to help others um, become a part of the industry. I love also that you you just gave us some insight that when there is a void or vacancy, if you're the only one or there's not enough uh, of, of individuals represented um, that, that you would like to see, go get them. Bring your own. You know, listen, if they don't have chairs at the table, I always say bring your own chair. <laughs> Make room, and, and that's exactly what you're doing. This this had to be because of the influence that you've had in film and arts and theater, lighting. Talk to us a little bit today about some of your biggest influencers from the industry and how that's impacted what you do now. Uh, well, I would have to start by talking about some of my mentors. Uh, the late um, Mrs. Uh, Jennifer Jenkins, she was at uh, one of my professors at Georgia State Perimeter College uh, when I was in junior college and she just passed this past um, year but she really like pushed me to to 
create. And if it was a thing that I wanted to do, her and Sally Robinson, also a mentor of mine, um, they were like, hey, if there's something you want to do, go create it, figure it out. If you're not getting cast, okay, then get some friends together and, you know, create your own show, your own um, film, you know, find a camera, like figure it out, create a show. And from there, that's when I got to into producing because I was like, hey, I want to create a festival, a 24-hour play festival. And they said, okay, uh, give us the plan and we'll help you execute it. And they did. And it's now on its sixth annual year, seventh annual year, something like that. And Exciting. It's beautiful. So it's uh, people like them. Um, also, Jamil Jude from uh, Kenny Leon True Colors Theater. Um, he, he's been a great impact and actually um, one who introduced me to the playwright, Josh Wilder uh, of Rome River. And uh, continue. I, I work with him a lot in Atlanta. And um, just some like stars, stars, right, that I might idolize. Uh, I have John Singleton. I just love the way John has taken his story, like him and Spike Lee and all of them, they've taken their stories like from their homes and sort of like made them into Hollywood per se, but like they made them into stories that were bigger and showed where they came from. And I think that's something that I always wanted to do and plan to continue to do for Flint. Um, That is dear to my heart. And uh, Will Power Packer, that is someone that I uh, really like. I love seeing what he does uh, with all the HBCUs, um, with the Black community in general. He's like one of the biggest producers right now, biggest grossing producers. And just to hear his story and how he started is very inspirational. And I could go along the lines. It's a lot of other uh, people that, of course, you as well. Um, (laughs) Oh, stop stop while you're doing good. love it. So, you know, a lot of the names that you mentioned, I don't know. Our audiences may not know. And that's, you know, when we think about mentorship and people that that influence, it's often those that they don't get the notoriety, but it's because of their time. It's because of them saying, hey, you can do it. Put a plan together. I'll support it. That has produced for us, and we're forever grateful, a Jeremiah Davison. That has produced for us, you know, the next big film director of all time, Jeremiah. <laughs> so I, I'm appreciative of that. Yeah, we can spot up a lot of, you know, celebrity names like I did at the beginning of the show, but to be able to hear who has influenced you and those influences are now causing you to influence others. And I know many, many people are going to start saying, well, Jeremiah is the reason that I'm here, Jeremiah. So I want to read this quote. Because I think it's going to uh, really cap off what you just talked about. Let me get your opinion about it. It reads this. In any line of work, I believe preparation breeds trust. And in working with Chris and Jeremiah, trust abounds. With the two shows, I've had the pleasure of working with them on not only were their ideas executed and assessed, prepared, they were so open to feedback, suggestions, adjustments, as we move through the process all the way through the opening. Their skill is on point. Their creativity is infectious. Their talent is evident, and they are just plain good people. Looking forward to more collaborations in the future, and this is from an amazing person um, at the Aurora Theater. How does a quote like that make you feel about your work? It, it really makes me just feel awesome. It, it's, it means a lot to know that uh, my work is infectious and it's helping to shape the next wave and generation of a young artist. 
Um, and first off, Justin Anderson, who made that quote, he's, he's, he is a, a continuous supporter and friend of ours, a mentor of mine. I just love his work. He's actually a realtor now, which is cool too. But um, yeah, I, I think for that quote, it just means a lot just knowing that when you're in the room, others are always watching. And I always say you never know who's watching, so always be on your P's and Q's. And it's just cool to see like how how that that one show right there has expanded our partnership with that theater. Um, we pretty much now have a lot of their shows, if not most of their shows. And um, yeah, I'll be doing Cinderella, a uh, sound design, Cinderella the musical there uh, in April. So it's really oh. cool. And they're like, hey, can you bring more of your um, more of your young apprentices? And we, you can train them up here. We have a new facility. We want to partner. So it's beautiful just how one time in the room doing, just being on my P's and Q's and doing what I love sort of correlated and went to the next opportunity. That is amazing. You know, when I read that quote, I thought that's got to make someone um, feel very good, that valuable, just those key words on point, being a good, playing just good person, right? That will listen. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really love that. You know, one of the things that we like to do uh, in this great show, Arts, Artists and Advocates, is play games. And we've got a really great game that we call If. <laughs> You're going to play this game with us, I know, and enjoy it. Uh, so it's time for another game of If. Uh, we love to have fun here. So I am going to say an if statement, Jeremiah, and I want you to respond to the first thing that comes to mind. Ready, set, if. If diversity was a dessert, what would it be for you and why? Sweet potato pie. Uh, why? Because yes. it, it, it's the sweet potato pie made by Granny, okay? And why? Because Granny always puts the, all the love into it, uh, all, the, all the ingredients you need that everybody just needs their own. And it's that, just knowing, I mean, when it ties to diversity, we need to put more love into it. Um, spreading to give more pies to each other freely. Like I know when Thanksgiving comes around, Granny going to make a, a few pies, maybe about five to ten pies for everybody because they walking out here sharing them. So it's that. That's why. I love it. First of all, you had me a sweet potato pie. And, and my listeners know I'm always hungry. <laughs> uh, so you talk about sweet potato pie and instantly. And then you said, but it's Granny's sweet potato pie. Mm -hmm. Um, because there is so much love. Yes, different ingredients. Okay, here's the next question on the game called If. If equity was a vehicle, like a plane, a boat, a car, what would it be for you? Mm, it would be a big, a nice big truck, like one of them trucks with the big wheels. Uh, why? Because, and that can carry people. So I don't know exactly what truck that is right now, but it'll be one that can carry people in the back and uh, all throughout and even carry a, a hitch if it needs to. Uh, why? Because... I mean, we need to carry each other through these um, times. We need to be able to, through all seasons, the truck needs to be able to go through snow, rain, uh, sleet, uh, sun, all of that. And through all that, if we continue to carry each other, we'll get through. And that's what it's all about when it comes to equity for me. You are winning on this game called <laughs> If. 
We need to carry one another. <laughs> okay, I have one more question. One more question for you on the game called If. If inclusion was a song, what would it sound like or what would the lyrics be? Um, I think it has to be imagined by Common uh, and PJ. Uh, the lyrics uh, go, I've been dreaming of a paradise somewhere in a little Paris, like where I want to be. I can't sing. Let's, uh, let's travel to the greener side, a lovely place inside my mind. Do you want to see? Imagine the layers. And then he goes on to rap and just the first chunk is like really dope to me. Imagine the layers in the game where we all players. No more stargazing or police car chasing. Imagine life that brings us Lauryn Hill type of singers. Even the righteous schemers still let Christ redeem us. Life is greener on this side. The beauty that we see becoming from inside. Imagine it. And that's wow. on all Yeah, it's just like, what if? Like, that's what the song, like, this game, if, but what if life was what we, all the perfect things, and it was paradise? That, wow, listen, that right there. Every, yeah. every listener, get your, get your snaps going, because that's, when you hear good poetry, you just snap. I don't know if you can hear my snaps, but you just snap. <laughs> I love that. Please, round of applause. Jeremiah, you have won on the game called If. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and we, we, we like to have fun, but we also like to learn because a lot of people get diversity, equity, and inclusion all twisted up. You have given us clear understanding. And if diversity, you know, was a dessert, it would have to be your grandmama's sweet potato pie. If, if, if equity was a vehicle, we need this big, massive truck to make sure we can carry others through all types of weather. And then inclusion, oh my goodness, the song, a comment. Listen, yeah, you won, you won. And you're winning. <laughs> I want to read a quote for you one more time. This one is by Dr. Hana, Mona Hanna Atisha. I think you know her because she's from Flint, right? Um, and she said this, as a pediatrician privileged to care for our Flint children, I have increasingly come to understand that restorative justice is critical to health and recovery. Now, she gave this quote also had this last piece to say about it. She said, this settlement is one step toward ensuring the people of Flint, especially our children, thrive after the Flint water crisis. Now, I wanted to read that quote and get your reaction because you have a new production coming out called Wrong River. And I want to have our audience have you respond to uh, Dr. Mona's uh, quote. And what does that quote mean to you and the project you're working on now? Uh, yes. Um, oh, man, I, I love her. I just read her book, actually, uh, What the Eyes Don't See. Um, beautiful book. Um, and yeah, so what does this quote mean in terms of this play, Wrong River? Well, we're dealing, first off, th th she's a pediatrician. We're dealing with this uh, story through the eyes of a child, Dela, um, played by Nikaila Boxley from Detroit. Uh, and we get to see sort of like her world and her perspective and how she's fighting to save her family. It's her version. So she kind of has these sort of uh, dream-like moments or we call them magical realism moments where she sort of goes off and it's like she sees her grandma who passed and they go on a journey to twist the cap onto the uh, water tower, which is her way of saying, oh, if I twist the cap on the water tower, I could save everybody, I could save my family from all of this toxicity. And I think for that, 
you know, that's something that people are hoping within the settlement um, that is one step closer, is one step uh, toward ensuring the people of Flint, especially the children, thrive. So it, it, it speaks heavily to, to that quote. It speaks heavily to what's going on right now, but we get to see it in a beautiful way from the perspective of a Black family. Um, and we also get to see sort of how their poverty the sort of toxicity that they were already living in, just being in Flint in a hard neighborhood um, in one of the neighborhoods that got hit the most uh, on the north side. Uh, we get to see how that, how the water being more, uh, was more potent in their toxicity and really, really um, sort of just caused us to go where we're going. Because in the play, everybody's fighting for something, whether it's in the real world or the magical. So, so the play is called Wrong River. Um, and, you know, we mentioned already on the show that we both are from Flint. Uh, we both have uh, survived uh, the Flint mm-hmm. uh, water. I call it tragedy. But tell us why uh, the, the play is called Wrong River. Oh, Wrong River. Because it is, it, <laughs> has it ever been right? That's, what, that's, what, that's actually one of the lines uh, butchering it. But it's basically Granny just says, uh, it's a moment in the play where she's telling the story. She's like, the fit, I'm going to just give you a little, little teaser. The fish, uh, she said, she talks about the, her granddad and how he went fishing one time. And then uh, he pulled the fish up and the fish said, oh, no, uh, you, it is real bad down there. And she said, what? He said, yeah, it ain't never, it ain't never been good down there. There's Flint water. And, and so basically you had to throw him back. That's just me giving you a summary the actor played by madeline porter uh who plays june she will make that story a lot beautiful but more beautiful um but but yeah yeah why do we call it wrong river because it's the it's the river that has never been right i mean we know Lynn and flint that that river has for years been a dump for for the gm um, and the plants and things of that nature so yeah and you switch it and then now you have a whole wrong situation and it's just, everything is wrong about this whole situation. That's why it's called Wrong River. I can't wait to see this. And, and I know that our, our listeners are going to want to travel to Flint <laughs> or from wherever they are Please. Uh, to, to come and see, to see this production. So you've taken um, this play and then probably many other works that you've done um, to, to promote advocacy to, to this, this play is, is activism in itself. Uh, tell us uh, how or why that is important as a film director, as a creator, as a producer. Why is activism so important? Well, if we don't do what we do to change and help the next generation to, to help change the world and put our sort of, uh, put our sort of timestamp and um, print in the world, then why are we doing it? So that's for me, I do arts and, and uh, I do theater, I do film, I do all of this because I love to be able to tell stories, but tell stories of underprivileged, tell stories of those whose voices are not heard or stories in this case of people who are stereotyped and normally not necessarily uh, shown, being able to show, be showed in full layers of 3D, dimension. So yeah, that's, awesome. that's what I do. That, that is awesome. You know, one of the segments that we have here on Arts, Artists, and Advocates is, is called Getting Comfortable with Talking About Uncomfortable 
topics and we centered it around race. And so we like to ask our guests uh, to take us to their storytelling time and talk about your earliest recollection of your identity uh, or your racial identity. When did you know? Uh, I learned, um, I really learned, like I see, I grew up in Flint, but when I moved to, and I've always heard and knew, but when I moved to Georgia is when it really hit. Um, Because it was like in Flint, I was around predominantly black people. So when you're in the predominantly black areas and neighborhoods, of course, it's like more of a community, more inclusion in a sense, right? But when you go to another place, you get to see, as soon as you get pulled over, you know, my mom getting pulled over, you get to see how nasty the cops are or, or how nasty the people are. You get to see the looks that you see in the grocery stores just from being there. Um, but yeah, I would say that is it. And then the earliest is definitely when I was a kid. It, I could say, now I'm thinking of it, in Flint, my granny is a very, she was a very uh, light-skinned woman, like almost looked white. And we would be in the stores and we would always get these crazy looks because it's like this white woman with these three black kids. And I never understood why. And she did one day explain this because I was like, why was she looking at us like that? And she was just like, well, baby, it, I look white and y'all are three black kids. And the world just ain't, they, they still trying to figure it out. And so we're all still trying to figure it out. <laughs> that is, thank you for sharing that, you know, because sometimes we learn as 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 um as as a as a writer that you are, we learn from each other's stories. And so what you're doing um through your work by sharing wrong river, by um providing a platform for others, the the um the, the individuals that are up and coming in this field and giving them an opportunity. These are all great opportunities for us to learn more about each other. And I believe, you know, diversity uh, really starts with one conversation is learning who we are and who we are sharing this world with. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to give our audience an opportunity to hear from you on how they can connect with you. Uh, this amazing play wrong river. Give us how we can stay connected to Jeremiah Davis. Yes. Well, first off, for me, you can uh, always follow me at, on IG, uh, Instagram at Jerry Dave, uh, J-E-R-R-Y-D-A-V-E. Um, and as far as uh, Multiband Studios, you can follow us at Multiband Studios, LLC, and or visit us at multibandstudios.com, multibandstudios.com. And then for the play, uh, Wrong River. Uh, it is at the Flint Repertory Theater uh, in Flint, Michigan. And that is downtown across from the Whiting, for those who may know. Um, you can go on flintrep.org. That is flintrep.org and get ticket, see for uh, ticket information there. The show runs February 4th through the 20th. Um, we typically run Thursday through Sundays. Thursday through Saturday, it is at 8 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, we do have a 2 p.m. matinee. So there is no excuse. Come see it. Uh, tickets are about $10 to $25. Uh, if you're a Genesee County resident, you get about a 30% discount. If you bring 10 or more people, you get discounts where everyone is like paying only like 12, $10 to $12. So it's a lot of opportunities and it's not an expensive opportunity and it's a very intimate show. Of, and I'm, I'm just excited to share it with everybody. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, everyone, give a big round of applause to our amazing guest, oh, Jeremiah Davidson. Thank you for being here with us on Arts, Artists, and Advocates. Uh, uh, we are so excited that you have been with us today. Uh, Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a pod-based broadcast. You can find content on demand at lcc.com. Go ahead and do that today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people in our campus as well as on in, in our community that's making a difference. I've been your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time.